Lord, in the next moment, we just pray, God, help me to speak exactly what you've given me this week to speak. Holy Spirit, may just come out, Lord, as you want it to come out. Lord, open our ears to hear, our hearts to understand, oh God, that we would understand, Lord, that you have a proper time for everything that you do. Every plan is in place, Lord. Everything is in order with you, God. And you know you are not surprised by anything that we go through. Lord, you are working everything out for our good. And Lord, we know we can trust in you by faith, even in barren places in a day like today. God, that we trust you, Jesus, and we are waiting with expectation for all the good things our Father has for us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you, uh, we're in a series called Christmas Expectation all month long. And I want to talk to you this morning uh, about a message entitled, The Proper Time. The proper time, and I believe the Lord's going to do something very special in our hearts uh, today. The proper time. How many of you use this line on your kids, or maybe your parents use this line on you? It'll be ready when it's ready. Man, I don't know how many times as a young parent I have used that line. Uh, I have a three-year-old who is uh, teaching me patience. Uh, she's learning patience, but she's teaching me patience, and so it's like, I want chicken nuggets. And uh, are my chicken nuggets ready? Uh, I'm ready, really, uh, uh, did you make it yet? Is it, is it, uh, I'm hungry. I'm like, it's ready, I'm working on it, it's gonna get there, hold on just a second, give me five minutes, and then by about the first or second time I have Jesus, but by the 15th time, I'm saying, it'll be ready when it's ready. We're already in your car, you're gonna say, we're gonna get there, when we're gonna get there? Like, it's, we're, are we there yet? We, uh, we drove from my parents' house last night uh, back to Louisiana, or back to Gina. And, uh, you know, we're, we're halfway down I-20. Are we almost there yet? And then we get to Monroe. We're halfway there. No, we're halfway there. Are we there yet? Uh, where are we at? And so, man, we're going to be there. We'll be home when we're going to be home. Don't worry about it. Just, just enjoy the journey, all right? And so, uh, at the proper time, we'll get there. When it's the right time, you'll know we'll be there. You know, and, and I thought about the Lord in that sense, that God loves, though, when we are expectant, when his children are expectant. And when, when, when we know that God has good things for us, he says that he loves it when we ask in faith, even repeatedly, even asking in faith. It means that we're not uh, looking at something he's going to give with this dull sense of apathy or that we're not interested in what God has to offer. But God, God's a lot more patient than me. He likes faith asking. He likes his children wanting to be invested in his plans and his purposes. But we also have to understand that God has things at the right time. There are things that come that we're asking in faith for that will come, but they may come at the proper time. And I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. I think sometimes, you know, if we're suffering in this life, it's easy to feel like God has passed us by. Uh, we've petitioned the Lord, we're waiting on Him, but eventually you begin to lose that sense of expectation, which is what we're talking about all month. We begin to lose that expectation. You give up, you begin to give in. Well, maybe that wasn't God's plan for me, or maybe that thing is never going to happen, or maybe I'll never feel any better, or maybe I'll never be healed, maybe, maybe that person's not going to be saved in my family. You begin to kind of lose this expectation, and you begin to begin, uh, begin to believe the lies of the enemy, maybe of the flesh, maybe of your family. That God doesn't hear you, maybe God doesn't love you. 
And there are times you can get so negative, so down, that you begin to bring everyone else down around you about that expectation. Uh, Even to the point sometimes that you can begin to get so down that even if the good news came on today, that you would really dare to believe it. It got so bad, you've lost so much expectation for the promise of God that even if it came, you wouldn't believe it. For you, you would think the time has passed But are we really ready to let go of those failed expectations? Maybe today uh, you've almost given up on God about something. I'm going to ask you, are you willing to let God rewrite your story, even if it means waiting a little longer? And are you willing to walk blameless even in barren seasons? Because what if your blessing is bigger than your expectation? What if your blessing is going to be bigger than your expectation? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 15 that God always hears the prayers of the righteous. And you may not understand His plans, but you have to know He always has a purpose in His plans. He always has a purpose in every single season. And the Bible says that God blesses those who walk blameless even in barren seasons. That's what I want to talk to you this morning about, that God blesses those who will walk blameless even in barren seasons. And we don't understand His plans always, but He always has a purpose that comes to pass at the proper time. God always has a purpose in His plans that come to pass at the proper time. So Luke chapter 1, verse 5, if you're there, somebody say, Amen. I'm going to talk to you about expectant Elizabeth this morning, that God blesses those who walk blameless, even in barren seasons. And I'm, so I'm going to kind of skip through this chapter. It fills the whole chapter, but let's uh, just follow along with me. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, it says this, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of the Lord, walking blamelessly. Everybody say blamelessly. And in all the commandments and the requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Now let's all say barren. Blameless, but she was barren. And they were all advanced in years. And let's skip down. It says, And an angel would appear to Zacharias when he goes in the temple to burn incense. In verse 13 it says, Your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you'll give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness. Joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. And so the angel tells him that John's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and turn many people back to God. He's going to be a forerunner of the Messiah. He's going to make people ready for the Lord. Uh, and Zechariah says, well, how do I know for certain me and my wife are old? <laughs> and it kind of, yeah, it's kind of funny there. He's like, hey, me and my old lady is basically what he's saying. And he's like, we're, we're past the time. We don't, we can't, we're past the time to have children. How's this going to happen? And so Gabriel, the angel in verse 20 replies, says, you will be silent and unable to speak until these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their, look at that, proper time. In their proper 
time. So look at verse 24. It says, After these things, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. She kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days he looked with me with favor upon me to take away my disgrace. That's, that word right there, disgrace, is going to be important in a second. And, you know, little did Elizabeth know that the same time, six months later, Gabriel's going to go to Mary and tell her that she's going to have the Son of God. She's going to be overshadowed by the uh, Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, she's going to conceive a son. And the angel tells Mary, hey, God is the God of the impossible. And I don't know if you believe this or not, but there's a, your cousin Elizabeth is already six months pregnant. And so that's the proof that God's the God of the impossible. So look in verse 39. It says, now, I'll, now Mary arose in a hurry went to the hill country in the city of Ju Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. How has it happened to me? Now she doesn't know this, that the mother of my Lord would come to me. For behold, when the son of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Lord. So Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. John in her belly is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit. They all prophesy. And then uh, uh, Mary stays with her for three months. And then now in verse 57, John has been born. John is going to be born. Now the time has come for Elizabeth to give birth. And she gives birth to a son. Now on the eighth day, the family begins to question what his name is. Now remember, Zacharias has been silent for nine months. Think of that, ladies, how perfect marriage. Uh, your husband's been quiet for nine months. You've got all the things you wanted to say in. And then on that eighth day of circumcision, they say, is he going to be named after his daddy or his granddaddy? And they say, no, it's going to be John and they argue with her and then finally Zacharias writes it down and as soon as he writes it down the Bible says his tongue was loosed and he said his name is John and he too was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that everybody in their family in the region rejoiced and all across the hill country people began to hear about this story and marveled about what's going to happen with this kid named John. And then even Zacharias, he too was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Now, what does all this have to do with Christmas expectation? Because I want to really hone in that sometimes we have to allow God to rewrite our story and wait on Him. That we have to walk blameless even in barren seasons so that God can bless us. And that sometimes our blessing is bigger than our expectations. But the prayers of the righteous... The petitions of the righteous are always answered at the proper time. I'll bring this home just a little bit for, for you. Actually, I've never shared this before in, in preaching. Beth and I have shared it in, in personal testimonies. But uh, Beth and I had been married for four years, and the time had come that we were thinking about having children. And in 2011, uh, Beth came down with a chronic medical condition. Uh, we didn't tell anybody. It was a personal thing that we were going through. And uh, she began to go through uh, doctor to doctor to doctor. We had to put off having children. And she went to specialist to specialist to specialist. Uh, samples after testing and testing. They run all the things on, on you that they could do and prod and poked and, and all that. And uh, it was a chronic thing. Every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, she was dealing with this. It got to the point that 
Basically, when you deal with something, if you've been in chronic health issues before, man, it's there every day. You wake up, it's there. You go to sleep, it's there. You go out to eat, it's there. Uh, you're home alone, it's there. It's just always there. And man, in our, in our life, man, there was just a heaviness that came over our home. Uh, just depression, anxiety. Man, there was many cry-filled nights. This went on for a month after a month after a month. It went on for year one. And it went even into the second year. We didn't tell any single person. Uh, we, I can count on one hand the number of people we told. Uh, and we prayed, and we fasted, and I fasted, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we held on to Scripture, and we trusted the Lord and believed. And, and uh, then you have those nice, meaningful people who say, when are you going to have some kids? And, and then there's just like, ah, you know, a knife in the wound, and let's just open that scab. And then again, I, mean, I don't know how many times in that two years people ask us, when we're going to have kids. And we just knew, man, I don't know if we're ever going to have kids. I don't know if we can. I don't know if, if that's God's plan, if this uh, situation is going to get better. It finally got to the point where the doctors began to tell Beth, this is all in your head. There was no, we can, we, no test came back, no nothing. You didn't get, there's no labs, no nothing. And, and they said, we just, maybe you're making it up. And so, man, depression and loneliness and where is God sitting on us? And uh, we told a few people and they began to pray with us. And finally, after two years, they told her, ma'am, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. There's nothing wrong with you. We can't find anything. Just go on and you're going to have to just live your life. And so we took the risk and began to go on wondering what the Lord was going to do. Um, and... Uh, by the grace of God, in, in 2013, we got pregnant uh, with little Ariana, and uh, Beth began to feel different, and uh, she's like, I don't know, maybe this is, I don't know, something's happening uh, in me, and uh, on October 9th, 2013, we had Ariana, and Beth was completely healed. Uh, since that day, no more issue, no more chronic issue, and we don't know. Sometimes you go through things until the proper time. And I look back, and even to this day, we don't know why that happened or how that happened or what it was. But we know that, man, what if I just, I begin to look at him, like, maybe Ari was not supposed to be born two years earlier. God knows the plans for Ariana's life. And maybe God was doing things. Maybe God was teaching us patience and suffering so that we could better help people and have a testimony. You don't always know why we go through things, but we always know the who. Somebody say amen. We always know the who, that at the proper time, God always hears the petitions of the righteous. And you have to learn to walk blameless even in barren seasons. When it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good, you wonder if God's hearing you, you just be faithful. Just be faithful because the Lord who calls you is faithful. And so let's look at this. In, uh, in chapter 1, verse 6, they, these two people felt that the Lord had passed them by. They were blameless, but they were barren. Can you imagine? You are blameless. The Lord himself says, there is no fault in you. When you say, well, God, how can that be? Because I'm barren. God, why am I going through a season like this? I don't deserve it. And it's not about you deserving it or not deserving it. Because maybe God has a plan to prosper you at the proper time. Time. And look at this. They were blameless and barren. They had faith in a season when it seemed like they shouldn't have faith at all. But yet, because God was faithful, they were faithful. They continued to pray. They continued to serve the Lord, 
even while thinking God had passed us by. And they had a petition. There was a petition in their life for a lifetime. For a lifetime, this couple had prayed for a son. Because in the ancient world, man, if you didn't have a kid, you looked like you were, that you were a sinner. And if you didn't have a son, you didn't look like you were blessed. And so uh, they were petitioning. They had prayed for a son. They wanted acceptance. But now, guess what? Their petition had gone past the time. Past the time they were now old, and I believe this, that they were no longer praying for a son. In their mind, they had said, you know what, that was for our youth, that was for our 20s, our 30s, maybe even our 40s, but now we are in our 60s or 70s, we're up in years. I don't believe it, I believe it had been decades before these two had prayed for a son. And so now Zacharias has come, and now he's at the altar of God, and, and the Bible doesn't say, but history tells us that at the moment there were 24 divisions of priests, and because there were so many priests, a priest would serve twice a year, right? One week and another week, and at major festivals. But because there were so many priests to go into the holy place and go right up to the veil, there was an altar, a square box, a golden box, and it was about this high, and they would put incense on it, and smoke would fill the room and go over the veil as a symbol of prayers to the Lord. And a priest would only do this once in their entire life lifetime. God ordered that at the proper time they would cast lots and ever if it was your week to serve your your family line would get cast lots and it would just maybe come to you or not and once you were cast it would pull, they pull your name out and it just so happened at the proper time at the right time that God chose Zacharias to come into the holy place and make petitions for the entire nation now can you imagine making a petition for the entire nation when God God hadn't heard your prayer? Y'all can imagine people thinking, well, why would I want Zacharias going in there to pray for me? Because God ain't answered his prayer. You ever thought about that? Man, how can I pray for someone else when God hasn't answered my prayer? How can I pray for their healing when I'm not healed? How can I pray for their emotional well-being when I'm not emotionally well? How can I pray for their son or daughter to be saved when my son or daughter isn't saved? How can I pray for their financial blessing when I'm not financially blessed? Can you imagine? God's calling this man to pray for the entire nation of Israel when he feels the Lord has passed him by. God, I can't minister right now. I'm not in a good season. God, I can't do that ministry. I can't fulfill my calling because Lord knows that my life is a mess. And that the Lord altered his life at the altar. Think about that. The Lord altered his life at the altar. It was a once in a lifetime moment and at the proper time an angel came. The Lord, you know what he says? He says, the Lord has heard your petition. I think he's like, what petition? Why? Because he had stopped praying decades ago. It was a prayer that God heard in his 20s, in his 30s, and in his 40s. It may have been 30 years since John or Zacharias has prayed this prayer for his son. And the angel comes and says, the Lord heard that prayer. Man, the Lord heard that prayer. He's thinking, what prayer? The prayer I'm praying for all these other people? No, the prayer that you prayed when you were 30. Can you imagine what prayer have you prayed when you were a young person or decades ago? Things that, that you thought the Lord had forgotten and moved on about. But the Bible says the Lord always hears the prayers of the righteous. You know, the Bible even says in Revelation that he stored up the prayers of the righteousness even for judgment that's going to come in the last days. That there's this big bowl of prayers that God is waiting to pour out on the world for his full justice to come. And he says, I've heard your prayer, Zechariah. He hears the prayers of the righteous. 
And he, but, but he stopped praying with expectation. He had stopped praying with expectation. You know, I think about James where he says in James chapter 5, he says, man, if you are suffering, you must pray. And it is the, he goes on and talks about healing, but he comes back and he says, but it's the effective or the fervent prayer of the righteous person that what? Availeth, if you're King James, availeth much. We say accomplish much. You know what those words mean? Effective, fervent in the Greek, the real word is the word that we get for energy. Energy. He says the, the energy prayer, the working energy prayer to have labor, the laborious, the labor, the energetic prayer, the faithful, expectant, energetic prayer. I'm not talking about jumping up and down. I'm talking about a prayer that keeps working, that keeps working, that knows that God is faithful, that doesn't give up, that the Lord hears my prayer. That prayer that prays with faith and believes that I'm not just praying up to some ceiling or to some space. I'm praying to a God that hears me and I know that my daddy up in heaven hears me when I pray. That prayer he says availeth or accomplishes the word there means power. That prayer powers much. That prayer makes something happen. That prayer changes things. That prayer gets answered. Who's the righteous? It's those who come to Jesus Christ and trust in his work on the cross that their prayers get up into heaven. It says I love Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I am for Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in my life and I'm not perfect because Jesus had to be perfect for me. Lord knows that I still though want to be like him. That's a righteous person. Not a perfect person, but a penitent person. A person who's repentant, who's trusting in him. He says, a person like that, who is trusting in the Lord, who believes by faith that God hears them, their power, power is in their prayer. Power is in their prayer. Remember what Paul said? He said, if, uh, if you don't lose heart, don't lose heart for in due time you'll reap if you won't grow weary. Meaning that as you sow by the Spirit and you believe in faith, everything God's going to accomplish is going to be accomplished. Maybe today we've stopped expecting some things. Maybe today we've stopped praying for some things. But that's the pass-by poem. Look at this proper time. At the proper time. Sometimes you have to wait for that proper time. And then you have to watch God work. I love in this moment, he says, what prayer? What are you talking about? My petition, what petition? He's like, you know, the one you've, you said back when, the one you stopped expecting, the one you stopped praying for. God's heard that prayer. You've been blameless all this barren season. God's going to hear your petition. Hey, guess right now is the proper time. And he says, well, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old now. It's past time, dude. Where were you 30 years ago, man? I asked 30 years ago, God, what haven't you done this to my family? Why haven't you answered my... What's going on? I'm old now. It's past the time. And he says, you're going to be quiet. <laughs> you're going to be quiet. Shh. Hush. At the proper time, this is going to happen. And because you didn't believe me, you're going to have to shut up for a little while. And I think, you know why? Sometimes we bring people down with our doubt. I think if he had gone home, he would have brought faithlessness into his home with Elizabeth. He had to shut up for a little while so that faith could begin to grow and God could do a miracle. He had to watch and wait a miracle grow. He had to wait and watch for that miracle to happen. And sometimes we can get that way. We can bring so negative about, oh, I've never seen it done before. I don't know if God can do revival in our church. I don't, I've never seen that happen or I don't think that's ever going to work. And we just bring everyone down around us. And he's like, shh, hush, watch me work. Just be quiet for a little while. And now God begins to do a work in Elizabeth. And she gets pregnant. 
Amen. That miracle begins to grow. It's like Sarah, who was, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, that it was past the time. It was past the proper time for Sarah. But when God showed up, man, she had a child. Elizabeth becomes pregnant, and at the right time, all this began to happen. And here's the cool part. He says, she said, man, I have been disgraced for so many years. This Graced. I have been dissed with grace. There's no diss, there's a diss against my grace. There's a discouragement. There's a disaffectedness. There's a loneliness. There's a depression. I don't have any grace. Grace means favor with God. I feel dissed with other people because I don't have favor with God. And you know what God did? He gave her a son and he said, His name shall be called John. You know what the word John means? Grace. Then he said, I'm going to take your disgrace and I'm going to get rid of the dis part and you're just going to have grace. So God gives grace in the middle of disgrace. And so he says, keep watching, keep waiting. I'm taking away your disgrace and you're going to have grace. Watching and waiting. And I looked at another part and it says that she went into hiding for six months. You ever thought about that? Why did you go to hiding for six months? Now, one, a 70 or 60-something-year-old person having a baby, you might be on Ripley's Believe It or Not. I don't know. Or, you, you know, the, the History Channel, the Discovery Channel or something. But you know, you're going to be on the, the cover of Health Magazine or something's going to happen to you. So she goes into hiding for six months. But you know what I think it was? Not only are the rumors and speculations, I think God had to continue to grow her faith in what was happening her husband's quiet. <laughs> she can go wherever she wants to go. She ain't going to ask permission. He's going to follow her. Uh, so she's his interpreter. They go and they go hide for six months. And they begin to watch this belly grow just as their faith begins to grow. And they, here's the deal. They don't know what anything's happening. They don't know. They just know that God's going to do something with this kid. He's going to be forerunner of them inside. They don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about Mary. Little did Elizabeth know that six months later, an angel would come to Mary. Think about this. The angel would come to Mary and say, Mary, God's a God of impossible. I want to show you something. Your cousin Elizabeth's having a baby in her old age. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. That's confirmation. And then she goes there. And Elizabeth, man, when, when, not when Mary walks in the room. Mm -mm. When Jesus walks in the room, man, Elizabeth and John are both filled with the Holy Spirit because, man, there's something about when Jesus walks in the room. Man, everything is made clear. It's made right. And in that moment, Elizabeth knows, oh, my gosh, this is why. This is what it's all about. Man, there's a Messiah. He's here. I'm going to be the forerunner's mama. And I don't understand what God was doing those 60 years of waiting, but at the proper time Jesus showed up man she didn't know can you imagine sometimes the blessing God has for you is to be a blessing for someone else Elizabeth begins to be the sign of encouragement that Mary a young little girl needed to know man she got to stay with Elizabeth for three months think about it man you're going through the same thing I'm going through Six months in advance, but you're going through it. Sometimes you need someone to have gone through things to go through things with, right? I need to know that, man, you've been where I've been, and I've been where you've been, and we're going through this together. And not only was it confirmation that if God can do that in your life, he can do that in my life, but at the same time, when, Mary, when Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth then began to speak things that Mary needed to hear. 
She said, how blessed it is that the, the girl who's carrying the Messiah, my Lord, is coming to this place. How blessed are you that you've believed the report of the angel. You see, it was confirmation for Mary. I didn't just dream about an angel. I didn't just make this stuff up. This person had a word from God for me. Because Elizabeth was blameless in barren seasons. And despite all of her petitions, the Lord showed up at the proper time. Man, when Jesus comes into your life, when you begin to understand that maybe, just maybe, what if your story, your miracle, is to be a part of such a larger story? You see, Elizabeth could have thought, this is all about me. This is all about my blessing and what God deserves. What I owe, God owes me this blessing. But think about it. She got to see something. Who's the main character in this story? It's not Elizabeth. It's not Mary. It's Jesus. The main character in your story might just be Jesus. If we can just get Jesus revealed, man, when the Holy Spirit shows up, man, when Jesus shows up in the room, then God begins to reveal, look, what you've gone through is so that you can help Mary. And now I'm confirming that both of you have a role in the biggest story in salvation history. And you thought it was about you, and you thought that God had forgotten you, and you thought that God had left you, and that nobody heard your petitions, and you'd been blameless and barren, and that I didn't care. But guess what? I'm writing Jesus into your story. I'm writing Jesus into your story. And God's proper time is always when Jesus can be revealed and people will be filled. Man, it's all about getting Jesus revealed and people filled at the proper time. Remember what Peter said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you whenever you want to be? Nope. He says, Keep yourselves humble under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you at the proper time. And cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you at the proper time. I love what Paul said in Ephesians 3.20. He's able to do far abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Man, if that's not Elizabeth... <laughs> All beyond all that she ever thought or asked or think, she had no clue she'd be in Mary's story. She had no clue she'd be in Jesus' story. She just wanted a baby. But what if God's blessing is bigger than your expectation? If you'll just be faithful, be blameless in barren season, wait and watch a miracle till the proper time, and in due time you will reap a harvest if you won't grow weary. And lastly is this. i got to end on this. He says... Prophetic praise. I love what happens at the end of this story. Man, if I, wouldn't, I'm not, if, if I was Pentecostal, I'd move on. If I wasn't Pentecostal, I'd move on. But here, here's what happens. Man, in this moment when Jesus is revealed, everybody's filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody's, John's filled the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Elizabeth is filled the Holy Spirit. Mary's filled the Holy Spirit. Zacharias is filled the Holy Spirit. He says, you're going to have joy and gladness. Joy and gladness takes over this young couple, these two young couples, older couple and younger couple. Man, a multi-generational thing happens. God's filled, the Holy Spirit had been silent for 400 years, is now moving in expectation. Jesus is in the room. Holy Spirit's outbreaking. People are rejoicing. He says, the whole countryside began talking about it. And the same words, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he wrote this book right here. 
and the same word be filled with the Holy Spirit or they were all filled with the Holy Spirit is the same terminology he uses in the book of Acts and sometimes we think about the day of Pentecost being all that man it happened right here in two faithful couples they were willing to walk blameless and barren seasons and wait to the proper time and when Jesus showed up in their life and they got a revelation that their story is really all about Jesus they were all filled with the Holy Spirit I love it. It says, Zechariah, his tongue was loosed. Man, I wish some of our tongues would just be loosed to praise the Lord. Prophetic praise. Remember what Ephesians, Paul says, he says, be filled. That's a command. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't be drunk with wine. That's dispensation. That's, that's being drunkenness. Don't do that. He says, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Doesn't that sound like joyful, glad people? Man, when you see Jesus show up in your situation, even though you felt passed by, when the proper time comes and Jesus, you get a revelation of Jesus and you surrender your story to Jesus, man, the Holy Spirit just comes out in prophetic praise to the Lord. And you begin to declare with a powerful witness, man, God is the God of the impossible. He's still moving today. He's still rewriting stories today. He's still hearing petitions today. Are you willing to walk blameless in barren seasons so he can bless you? Look at this couple. They went from barren to blessed with a kid to baptized in the Holy Spirit all in nine months. Whew. What God can do, if we're just willing to say, Lord, rewrite my story. God, I want to see Jesus at the center of my story. God, I trust you. You're faithful. I believe. I want to be filled. What if your blessing is bigger than your expectations? I believe God wants to fill every single one of us with his Holy Spirit so we can tell the countryside, man, God can do something. He can do the impossible. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask our worship team to come back. The prayers of the righteous are answered at the proper time. And the proper time is when Jesus gets revealed so people can be filled. Let's get a revelation of Jesus in our hearts this morning. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads, bow your hearts. Let's just ask the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you feel like God has passed you by. Maybe there's prayers you've had for loved ones. Maybe there's prayers for God to use you in ministry. Maybe there's things you've been asking years ago. Maybe there's things you've stopped asking. That God would just do something in your body. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's an emotional healing. That man, every time I think of that situation, it just takes me over. And you say, God, I'm tired of this. I want to be free of this emotional pain. Man, when Jesus comes in your house, everybody's filled with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus gets revealed in your heart, everything comes out in prophetic praise. You don't have to understand it. You just got to receive it. We ain't got to figure it all out. We just say, Lord, I just want my story to be about Jesus. I want Jesus to be the center of my story. I want to be a blessing to a Mary. Lord, even if I'm going through hard things, maybe there's things that you're putting me through, Lord, so that I can help somebody else who's coming after me to be a testimony. I want to speak prophetically over people. Lord, I want to sing praises of the Lord that the countryside could hear that God still works wonders. God still works miracles. God still does the impossible. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. 
worthy are you, O oh God. Holy are you. Father, I pray over every single person in this room this morning. God, if there are unanswered prayers, that we trust you. God, if our lives and our issues have been all about us, maybe, Lord, you're wanting to turn our attention to you and say, Lord, you're the center of our story. You're writing our story. We're going to walk blameless in barren seasons. Lord, we know you're going to answer at the proper time. We trust you. And so all we're going to do, Lord, is get a revelation of Jesus this morning. That's why, we, that's why we're here, church, this morning, just to get a revelation of Jesus. Let Jesus just show up in the heart's home. Let him just come into your heart. Let him fill you with a prophetic praise. Let him testify through you that other people would see and hear that God is still working, God is still active, that Jesus is present. So I'm just asking you, if that's you today, you've got an issue, maybe something you're going on in your life, you say, Pastor Heath, would you pray for me? There's things I've asked the Lord I'm still waiting on, I'm trusting in, and you say, that's me. Just raise your hand, put it up, put it right back down. Amen. 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 Many, many hands. Lord, you know. You know. So what we're going to do right now is just receive from the Lord today. I want you just to begin to receive in faith. God heard you. God knows you. God's got a plan for your life. It's going to work out. Just trust. Just receive from the Holy Spirit. Just get Jesus at the center. Just get a picture of him. Just let him be revealed. And when he shows up, he's just going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the team just to begin to play this song. We're going to worship the Lord. If you need prayer this morning, you raise your hand. I encourage you to come down and, and we're going to just pray for you. That God's going to give you faith. He's going to work a miracle out. And we're trusting just a symbol of faith. God, I trust you to work out in my plan. Maybe it's a person who needs to be your